nice to be here again and we trust that God will help us as we consider together the message of the gospel tonight. I want to read from the New Testament from the gospel of Luke and chapter 13. Luke chapter begin to read at verse number 11. Luke 13, verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. 
And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work, in them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall, and lead, away, lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Down please to verse number 42. Verse 42. And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able, when once the master of the house is risen up, and hath shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not. When ye are, depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west, and from the north and from the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. We know that God will bless his word tonight, and it's an interesting story that we've embarked upon, and we trust that we'll be able to understand it, and in it learn the great message of the gospel. This is, of course, a gospel hall, and this is the gospel meeting, and we know that the gospel is the good news that God has for sinners who need to be saved. Now, as we look at this chapter tonight, in fact, I didn't read it all, but I want to mention things about the whole lot of it. Because you might see, if you look, and I'm going to put it to you like this tonight, there are three voices, that I, four voices rather, that I would like to speak to you about. And the first voice is in the first four verses, or five verses. And I've called that voice tonight the voice of providence. It is because, and if you've got your Bible open, it will help, because you could follow me as we speak about it. 
But there were people at that season that came to the Lord Jesus and they spoke to him. He spoke to many, of course. The Bible says he went about doing good and healing those that were oppressed of the devil and that God was with him. He was the most wonderful man that the world has ever seen. And at this time, these people came and it says in verse 1, there were present at that season some that told him about something that happened in relation to Galileans, people who lived near the river and the Galilee. And uh, it tells us here, it says, their blood, these people who lived in Galilee, their blood was mingled with their sacrifices. It seems that some of these people who were Galileans, they had decided to make a sacrifice. Now, we don't know a lot about it, but it's here, the story's here, and I just want to say what there is about it. And he, he, they actually had gone to observe and to practice a sacrifice. That's why it says, and, but it says that their blood, their own blood, they didn't expect it, but their own blood was mingled with their own sacrifice. And uh, they, this story was brought to the Lord Jesus. It seems that they brought their sacrifices and it seems as though from what the other parts of the word say that in fact uh, the soldiers of Pilate had come and suddenly their blood was shed and the, the blood was shed, that is their lives were taken, they, were, they died and their blood was mixed, it was mingled it says here in verse 1 with the very sacrifices that they were going to offer. You might say tonight, now what is this all about? Well, let's follow it through and we'll find out. In verse 2 we read, And Jesus answering said unto them, See, he had been told this. He didn't see it, but he saw it. But he heard it. And they said to him, They told him about these Galileans. This is what verse 1 says, Whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered. He had an answer. He had an answer for all. He's the Son of God who came from heaven. And he knew everything. And he knew what to tell them. And he said to them, Suppose ye that these Galileans... Now listen carefully. He said, Suppose ye these Galileans were sinners above all the other Galileans because they suffered such things. Was it that their lives were bad and poor and so on? Is this it? And then he answered his own question. And he said, I tell you, nay. But if you repent, but except you repent, rather, he says to them, ye shall all likewise perish. And the Lord Jesus is speaking about the problem that is in our world even tonight. No doubt there's roads here tonight and there'll be a crash of metal and someone's soul will go out into eternity. No one knows. None of us know at one moment that in one moment we're living and the next minute we're in eternity. And the Lord Jesus is speaking like that. Now he said, but what the Lord Jesus, we'll sum this up in a moment, but what we find is this, that when you come to verse number, verse number four, the Lord Jesus, he, he gives to them a story. They had brought this story to him. It seemed to be a, a, a true story. And they had brought it to him. 
And in return, having said what I have shown you that he said, what he said in verse 18, he said, what about those, I'm putting it in my parlance, what about those 18? See, it says in verse 4, or those 18, 18 people, upon whom the tower in Siloam fell. Now you see, the first set of people were Galileans, they were Gentiles. But these people are Jews. They're in this, this uh, place, which is of course so, a tower, and it's in Siloam. And this time, there were people who went into that tower that night. We've all done this sort of thing. I remember coming some years ago to, New, to, to this very city and being taken to that large building that eventually came down. It was before that happened. And I, I was interested. And when I was a boy living in Liverpool all those years ago, well, the, the highest building in those days was the Empire State Building. And I asked to see it, and they said, look, it's down there. And I was standing up at the top. And of course, we know it wasn't long before that awful catastrophe happened. Just like that, here we have tonight another catastrophe. And these people went into the Tower of Siloam. No doubt they were just doing similar things that I was doing. Looking to see, looking at it, seeing its architecture. Quite innocently. And suddenly, before they could get out of the building again, it says here, the tower in Siloam fell upon them and slew them. Now, what we've got now, if, you, if you're gathering the idea, is in the first thing, we have found that there were people who died, and they died by being murdered. And the second group of people who died they died when a building fell upon them. And here we have two ways in which people die. But there's thousands of ways in which people can die. What we're learning is this. We sing sometimes in one of our hymns at home, and probably it's in that lovely book you have here. Life at best is very brief. It's like the falling of a leaf. It's like the binding of a sheaf. And the poet said, be in time. And friend, tonight in this meeting, I want to, at the very beginning of the meeting, say, if you have never had an experience of God's salvation and never confessed your guilt and your sin before God, then if there was something suddenly that came into your life that expired it and finished it, your soul will be in eternity. And if you're not saved, there's a hell to go to. And if you are saved, there's a heaven to be gained. And this is the great thing that's in these things. The Lord Jesus was laying a basis. We haven't finished with it yet. There's quite a bit more in this chapter that I want to pursue and to carry this theme through. The Lord Jesus said, I tell you, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Now, it can't mean that they would all perish by being murdered, the first group, because we've already met another second one. And that's nothing to do with, a, a, with, a, with, with a murder. It has to do with a building falling down. What is the Lord Jesus meaning when he says, except ye repent? He's talking about the fact that men and women born into this world, every one of us were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. And you know, dear friend, tonight in the gospel meeting, we need to learn the fact 
that life is brief at the very best. And here we are finding, and the Lord Jesus then, you know what he did? He gave them a parable. If you look at verse number 6, you'll see the parable. And in this parable, it's very interesting. But I want you to know that it's not dissociated from what we've been talking about. Let me tell you why. It says in this verse, he spake also this parable. It has something to do with what has already been spoken about. And the Lord Jesus says at this time, he says, a certain man, now this is him telling a story to them. And he says to them, a certain man had a fig tree. Now you've got to realize that this fig tree belonged to the man. It was his. It says that. A certain man had a fig tree. And then it says, it was planted in his vineyard. So it was his vineyard. It was his fig tree. It was his vineyard. And now listen to what it says. These were planted in his vineyard. And what happened was, he came and he sought some fruit. He's looking for fruit from his fig tree. And when this man came and looked for it, it says in verse number 7, it says, verse number 6, it says, he found none. There was no fruit. So, I think he did what you would probably do. And quite likely most of us would do. I mean, I'm no gardener. But I know this, that if it, I, it belonged to me, and it had no fruit, well, I would have done just what this man did. He was fortunate, of course, he had a gardener. I never had a garden in my life. But you see, you see, here we have this man, and it says, it says, this man, it says, he said to the dresser of his vineyard, that's his gardener, so to speak, and he said to the dresser, behold, these three years, I have been seeking fruit on this fig tree. So it wasn't a new thing. Three years before, the fig tree had been planted. Three years before, the man had started to wait to have the figs one day from it. But three long years have rolled their time. And still there's no fruit on the fig tree. And so, listen to what the Lord Jesus says. It says, Then he said to the dresser of the fig tree, I've been coming for doing and looking at this for three years. Well, he said, He said, It's planted on my, it's in my fig tree. It's, it's in my, uh, my, my uh, garden, so to speak, uh, or my vineyard. And it says, I came, I sought fruit, and I found none. Well, you know what he said next. We have been reading, for those who have just come in, we are reading from Luke chapter 13 in the Bible. Luke chapter 13. And here is this man now. And he's saying, no fruit for three years. And he said to his he said to the man that looked after him, he said, cut it down. Cut it down. I want to put it to you tonight, dear friend. I think you would probably agree with what I'm going to say. I think it was quite fair that he could put his he, he could get rid of this vineyard this this fig tree. It was his fig tree, it was his vineyard, he was getting no fruit. He could have just said, Make sure it goes. But this man who looked after it, he was very careful about things. And he said to his master that day, he said, answering, he said, Lord, let it alone this year also. And he said, 
till I will dig about it and I'll dung it. I'll put, you know, manure around it. And I'll do my very best to allow this fig tree to build, to, to grow and to produce figs. And he said to his, his master, and he said, if it bear fruit, well, very good. But he said, if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Listen, friends, tonight I want to say this. I don't know how many times you've ever been in a gospel meeting. I'm a stranger here. I've been, but it's many years ago. Maybe you've been listening to the gospel and you've heard, you've been told that you're a sinner. And if you're honest, you know it anyway. We were all born in sin. The Bible says very clearly that we are born in sin and that we are without hope for, for eternity, without a saviour. The word of God is very clear on it. And you know this, you have sat and you've listened perhaps, I don't know, I'm only looking at the faces that I hardly know. But I want to say this tonight. Listen, God has been very patient to you if you've come for a long time. And you'll never know whether this is the last time. I'm a fair age now. I'm not going to tell you. But I'm a fair age. I'm well past the 70 mark. But I'm going to tell you this. I remember as a young man of 16, I was learning to pre I was starting to preach the gospel with other young men. And we were having a series of meetings in a, in a hall in Liverpool. And it was my turn to preach one night. And there was a lady there, I'd seen her on the fair early nights that we'd had in the meeting. And you know, when I came this night, the night I was preaching, and I came down from the platform, I said to a man at the back, I said, where was that, where is that lady? She hasn't come tonight. She'd been coming every night. And he said to me, he said, that woman died in her bed last night. I've never, never, ever forgotten it. To think that I, as a young fellow of 16, was preaching the great message of the gospel, that God has salvation for sinners. And here is a woman that heard it, and she went out into the great eternity. And I don't know tonight whether she's in heaven or whether she's in hell, but she heard the gospel. And you've heard it too. And you're going to hear it again tonight. And you need to be saved. We're not playing at things. The great message of God's eternal salvation is free tonight. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's salvation. God has it for you. Friend, don't, don't try to make, make, pay games with God. He's a God of love and mercy. The Bible says, God that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not freely give him, give with him blessing and salvation? Listen, friend, tonight, you can be saved tonight. But remember, 
You have not other nights to look to. You never know. And this is what we have in here tonight. If I have the voice of providence in those fairly verses, I have the voice of patience, how patient God has been. We sing a hymn that says, God's patience will weary someday and leave thy sad soul in the blast. By willful rejecting, dear friend, tonight, you could go out into God's eternity without salvation. And here we have See, this is, what it, this is what it's all about. That's why the Lord Jesus told this story. He's showing of a God who's patient. But God's patience will one day weary, as we've said. The voice of providence. The voice of patience. But I come now tonight, and I want to bring to you now the next voice. The voice of power. Here is a woman this is where we started to read tonight. And it says about this woman, it says there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And then it says she was bowed together. You know, if you had seen her walking around the, the, these parts of where, where we are tonight, and you had seen her, she would be right over. And there would be absolutely no use in saying to this lady, just straighten yourself up. Look at this guy, it's lovely tonight. There's no point in that. She'd never done that for 18 years. She was bowed down. She had a disease. Something in her spine, almost certainly. Most what they call the vertebral column. And there she was, bent down. And the Lord Jesus says of this woman, it says this woman had had a spirit of infirmity for 18 long years. Eighteen years had gone. She'd walked the streets of those areas with her head bowed right down. And as I've said, no use to saying, well, have a look at that beautiful sky. You couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. But look what it says here tonight in this verse. It says, when Jesus saw her, many a man would have looked in the other direction and just walked away said just another problem but not him you know what the Lord Jesus did it tells us here he goes he called her to him I love this verse because look what it says I don't know whether you have your Bible open or not but in chapter 13 of Luke and verse number 12 it says when Jesus saw her he called her to him I noticed that the that the those who arranged the matter of the Bible here, you know, they put italics in. He called her, it says he called. Her to him is in italics. That means that you don't really need it. You could have the italic bit out and it would still make sense. It was really saying, Jesus called. I never, I remember as a boy myself, I used to sing a hymn, hear them singing a hymn. And what a, what a wonderful thing it is. Thy Saviour called. Oh, come and see what love he has for thee. Life, love, and power from God on high through faith in Christ alone. Oh, friend, tonight, there's salvation for you in this gospel meeting if only you'd be prepared to say to God, I am a sinner and acknowledge your sin and you could have eternal salvation. It's free. It's blessed. It's full. 
I was a boy of eight when I got it. And I've got it yet, all those years later. It's a salvation that you can't lose. If you're really genuinely saved, it'll take you into eternity itself. And it'll take you into the presence of God. And above all, in the one, in a sense, in the very presence of the one who bore the judgment of God at Calvary, he died that sinners might live. And so you see, here is the voice of power. Listen to what he said. It says, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And I'm not going to go through all the text at that particular part of what we are speaking now. But if you did read it in your Bible, you would find that there were people you know, and some of them were, were even a bit strong, strong against this. The Lord, you see, some of them said, Do you know what some of them said? And the Lord Jesus was giving a woman healing for this awful problem that she had. And she was made straight. It says it, she was made straight. It says, he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue, this is the Jewish people, and they said, that they had indignation, and they said, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and he said, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them come and be healed, not the Sabbath day. So you see, that's what Judaism would do for them. But Christ was here. This was the Son of God. This is the man that was going to go to Calvary. And he went to Calvary. And in Calvary they took him. And they spat upon him. And they pulled the hairs from his face. They nailed him to a tree. And lifted, uplifted the tree. And there upon the cross he bore the judgment of God. There was a darkness that came. And in that darkness, God laid upon him the judgment that sinners, sinners deserve. The judgment that you deserve, and I deserved it. And you deserve it if you're not saved. But tonight, friend, Christ is offered. God has salvation through the blessed person of his Son. Salvation. I'm glad as a boy of eight, I, laid, I kneeled down at my mother's bedside one Monday morning, month of June, 1942. And I told her that I'm a sinner. And I thank God he died for me. A wonderful thing to get saved. It's a wonderful thing. It's God's salvation. God sent his son into a world of sin to bring salvation for sinners. And here is a wonderful picture. This is just a picture in a way. The voice of providence. The voice of patience. The voice of power. Because he said, woman, thou art loose. He's able to loose the sinner from all his sin. But there's another voice yet. And I want to close the meeting on this, on this further voice. But I want to talk about it for a few moments first. You see, you see, when we come to verse number 23, these people crowded round the Lord Jesus. And they had questions. They always had questions for him. And he always knew the answers. And he knows the answers for your sin and need. 
And he'll not turn you away if you come. And you know this, it tells us in these verses, it says, some of them said to him, Lord, tell us this, are there few that get saved? Now I would have thought he would have said yes or no. But he didn't say that. This is what he said. They said, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. There's a gate, there's a door that's opened for sinners to be saved. There's a way of salvation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's salvation. There's a door that's open to He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Are you getting it now? Saved. You see, you just get excited over all this. We get excited, friend, because it's a blessed message for the sinner. And it's a blessed message for all who've come in the, through the, the... Everybody who's been through the door have never come out again. In that sense, they're saved by God's grace. And you know this? We find that the Lord Jesus answered it. He said, He said, Strive to enter in at the straight gate for many, I say, will, listen to this, I say unto you, will seek to enter in. There'll be a day. Are you listening? The Lord Jesus said to these people, there's a day coming. There's a day when you won't anymore say no, you'll be wanting to get in. But it'll be too late. Too late. When the door is shut. Listen to the Saviour. Not my words, his. He said, when once the master of the house is risen up, and that's shut to the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock, at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. And you'll begin to say, but we have eaten and drunk in thy presence. Can I put it like this tonight? You might have even gone and had communion somewhere. And thought it would have brought you salvation. Communion can't do it. It's got to be repentance and it's got to be taking by faith what Christ has done at Calvary. Blood has been shed that you might be saved. You can't drink a little bit of wine and think that you're going to get salvation out of it. I hope you're listening to that now. Your soul, dear friend, could be released tomorrow. I trust it won't, but it could. And we preach the gospel with a great desire to see sinners saved. And we do it, friend, because you're not going to be always in the position where you'll be able to be saved. A big thing to be, to go into eternity without a Savior. Terrible. And here we have it, and it says, Strive to enter in, for many, I say, will seek to enter in. And then they'll not be able... He's speaking about the future. And he says here, he says, when once the master of the house, he's using a metaphor, is risen up and is shut to the door, and you begin to stand, and you're knocking, and you're saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. 
And they shall say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. And you know, friend, it won't be unfair. It won't be unfair. Don't you try to make God unfair. Think of all the times that you've heard the gospel. Think of all, and think of the fact tonight, if it's the first time and the only time you've heard it, that God has salvation for you. And you'll neglect it to your detriment for eternity. Oh, listen, friend, we read here, it says, Then you'll begin to say, We have eaten and drunk, and thou hast taught. But he shall say, I tell you not, whence you are, depart from me. All ye workers of iniquity, there shall be weeping, gnashing of teeth, when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out, and they shall come from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God, and behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. I just want to tell you one short story tonight. There was a man, and I, I think many of you will even know his name. He was the man who devised and originally arranged the Salvation Army. You'll all know about the Salvation Army. They've been, done a lot of good and so on in many places. This man was called General Booth. When he started... And these people that he called their, their, the officers of the, of the Salvation Army, he was going to send them out to preach what I'm doing tonight, preach the gospel. He was a very strong man in the gospel. Not just as clear these days, possibly, but that's what he was. And you know, this man, this is what he said to them. He said, I am going to send you out to serve God and to preach the gospel. But he said, there's one thing I would love to do before I send you out to preach the message of the gospel. This is what he said to his officers. He said, I would, what I would like to do, now he said, I can't do it. But he said, if I could, I would. He said, I would like just to get you and dangle you over hell. And you'd hear the cries of the damned. And he said, then you'd go out and you'd preach as you've never preached before. Friend, it's real. It's real. And your soul is not saved yet. Oh, friend, don't go out from the meeting without God's salvation. It's too risky. We trust that God will bless his word. Let us pray. Oh, God, we thank thee tonight for a salvation that thou hast provided. Thou didst give the darling of thy heart the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. We thank thee, O God, for Calvary's tree. We thank thee for one who was the sinless Son of God, how he took and bore the judgment that we deserved. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven saved by his precious blood. Remember every head bowed in thy presence now. Oh, God, we pray that there might be some tonight who will see their need as a sinner 
and find their salvation only found in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless thy word. Give safety on our journeys home. We give thee our thanks in that precious and worthy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we'll just sing the, if, if you'll take your book again, if you will, we'll sing a hymn, perhaps just two verses of it tonight. One, one, seven. One, one, seven. Oh sinner, the Saviour is calling for thee. Long, long has he called thee in vain. He called thee when joy lent its crown to thy days. He called thee in sorrow and pain. The last verse we'll sing as well, the first and the last. The last verse says, O sinner, God's patience may weary some day and leave thy sad soul in the blast. By willful resistance you've drifted away over the deadline at last. Could somebody start the hymn for us? is calling for thee long long has he called thee in vain he called thee when joy lent its crown to thy days he called thee in sorrow and pain turn while the Savior in Savior in mercy is waiting. 